Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Hello, Kindle. And hello, world. Hi, world. How's it going? Welcome to Sisters Talk Brothers, where two real-life sisters discuss brothers that live in a terrifying, fucked-up hellscape. Family style. Family style. Yay! (laughs) I was thinking, you know, browsing the tumblers and seeing all the spinning posts and just looking at the the span of the 14 years of these poor boys and it's just like man how have they not just <laughs> given the fuck up like wow how do you go through all of this like literal hell yeah literal hell on on earth in heaven and in hell and you're still like, well, I guess I'll wake up today. <laughs> wow. Um, they are so strong. In These this boys episode, are so fucking strong. In this episode, Dean says, I'm just tired. And I'm like, really, son? <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. You don't even know. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure at this point in the show, Dean hasn't stayed up for like two days straight doing research. <laughs> trying to get themselves out of some sort of fucking mess. I don't think he knows tired you yet. You know, I don't think he's stayed up two days drinking yet, either. <laughs> Just to escape the ridiculousness that is the horror of their lives. Let's talk about something happier. <laughs> um, okay. Well, something about Spinin that always makes me happy is the shipping. I gotta Yay. love that shipping. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody knows who our OTP for this fandom is, but I'm curious, what is your overall number one OTP? And what are some other, like, side OTPs that you have, your other true pairings? (laughs) Okay, well, the only OTP that matters to me is Destiel. Okay, yeah, yeah. Dean and Cass all the way. I mean, mean, they do go all the way. It's obvious. Even if they never make it official, it's it's already there. We already know. You don't have to give us a big romantic makeout session on TV for us to know that they are in love. Well, I mean, it is canon that Cass loves the Winchester brothers more than anything in the universe. And And Dean more than anything in the universe. That's canon. And it's canon that he does prefer Dean to Sam. (laughs) It's canon. It's canon. So so I don't don't need anything else from the writers because I know. Mm. Like, it just, it is. And Um, if anybody is listening right now and 
is like plugging their fingers in their ears going, no, 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 no. Hey, ship whatever you want to ship. We are very much believers in ship and let ship. All right. If you hate this deal and you want Sam's deal or if you want Winzest or if you. Or Denny's. If you want Denny's. You want Denny's. You want Destiny's. (laughs) That was just. Whenever they came up with that ship name, it was just too perfect. It was like it was meant to be. Um, but some of my lesser OTPs um, mm-hmm. that I still like, you know, I think these two would be a cute couple. I think they work together. Um, would be Styles and Lydia on Teen Wolf. That did actually become canon. Spoilers for Teen Wolf. It did uh. eventually become canon, and like I shipped it the entire time. I also ship a little bit of Styles and Derek, but not like in show because the character dynamics. I don't think it would work out in show. But but if you put them in another universe, it would work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Their, their personalities, it works. Um, okay. And then John and Sherlock, you know. I tried John and Sherlock just because could, you could see it kind of on the show. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you could kind of see it. it. People, like, drooled and, you know, created a whole fandom over it. But then when I would go to, like, read a fanfic, I was just like, no. Not my bag. Not my bag. I don't think that's how it would play out. It's not as direct as all that. It's more of a subtle connection. Anyway. I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me some of your OTPs, Kendall. Your biggest and then a few good ones. My biggest overall OTP is Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy. Hey, I shipped that too. I cannot get enough of that relationship dynamic and I think it might be my biggest I think it might be my biggest pairing just because I truly and honestly believe that Rowling didn't handle some of her characters the way she could like have. to their fullest potential that she could have mm-hmm. um, and so because of that the fandom is so rich and diverse and delicious I mean like yes Tell me about Harry's weird relationship with food. Tell me about, you know, Draco's inner turmoil over, you know, dedication to my family. But also, I'm not a fucking killer because my wand has unicorn hair in it. I couldn't have unicorn hair if I was a killer rolling. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And then I just love, you know... I love having the bitchy person and then the other person who's like, I'm bitchy, but I keep my bitch low key. <laughs> and then the other because. person is like a super outward bitch, but underneath <clears throat> they're like, I keep my good heart low key. <laughs> and I, I love that. I just really love that dynamic. Um, <clears throat> my other side pairings, definitely Destiel. Occasionally yes. I get a big old craven for some good AUs with Medina and Cass. I, I really don't ever read in-universe fanfic with Destiel. I'm pretty much exclusively... I, I think... But this, if you ever do, read Redemption Road. I did start Redemption Road once upon <clears throat> a time. It was just so long. It's really long and it's a really slow burn, but it's the most... It's the closest to canon, I think. It was so natural how they put them together. <laughs> <laughs> for supernatural. Shut up. <laughs> um 
and then some Zena Gabrielle, like that's yeah, just forever. That. Um, let's see. Hell, I probably I only ship Harry Draco because of you. I mean, most people in my like, life like you do. introduced me to it, and I was like, yeah, this it works. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got my wife into it too, and so now we swap fix back and forth. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's really it. <gasps> oh my god, I just thought of a very important one. What's that? Hannibal and Will Graham. You were very much into that, yeah. Yes. Um, Sorry, I'm so overshadowed by super, Supernatural right now that the other ones were hard to think of. <laughs> I know, I know I have other pairings, but for some reason I'm drawing a blank. But yeah, I would say my top three are Harry Draco, i.e. Drary. Um, Cass and Dean and Zena and Gabrielle, like those are that's that's the holy trinity. <laughs> that's the I holy trinity of artist, love. I follow an artist on SoundCloud called Despientiel. What? D e s b n t i e l. Despientiel. Mm-hmm. They're good, and they are relevant to this conversation because because they write Destiel fan songs. Oh, okay. Sorry, that felt a little out of left field, and I was just a little confused. (laughs) You know me, popping up with random facts for (laughs) you. This has nothing to do with our conversation, but hey, did you know? (laughs) We're talking about demons, and also, have you read Redemption Road lately? (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. (laughs) Shut up. All right, let's... Let's talk about an episode. We have an episode to talk about today, Hannah, I do believe. Yes, let's talk about it. All right, so let's get into Season 2, Episode 9, Croatoan. Hit me with that recap. So we have a Wendingo... And then we have the hunting people, saving business, family things. And then we're getting a lot of flashbacks to season one, I'm noticing now. We're kind of leaving behind the fact that John died. But we're getting more clips of Sam and his powers. And we're like, oh, this is an episode about his powers. And we are learning... Again, about Marbleize having a plan, and Dean has rage issues, and we see mm-hmm. Sam shoot the clown. I don't know why. Clowns? What the? You got something for Sash? Hannah, why did they show Sam shooting the clown? You know, I don't know. <laughs> okay, like, and it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> even Sam shooting the clown back in the whole, you know, this is what we do. This is our job. No, they put him shooting a clown like halfway through him having powers and there's a secret and Dean's angry. <laughs> and here's a clown. <coughs> Send in the clowns. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird recap. Yeah. I, and on the scale of recaps, Hannah, I would give this like maybe a 6.5 out of 10. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Our episode begins with Dean loading his gun, or cocking his weapon, whatever, then entering a room. He's checking to see how many bullets he has. He's like, I don't know if three is going to be enough for this fucker. i got to make sure i got enough. Yeah. And it's obviously a dream. 
because of uh, like how it's shot. But quick question, Hannah. Mm? He has his silver gun back that he lost in Nightmares. He got another one. He's sentimental like that. Is this the first time? Well, this can't be the first time we're seeing it, right? We've. This might be just the first time I'm noticing. Like, oh, hey, that is the gun. It is the gun. It is the gun. I like to think that they pass through wherever nightmares happen, and they were like, he was like, hey, let's go break into evidence. <laughs> let's do it. That's a gun my daddy gave me. A man tied to a chair pleads for his life, saying something isn't in him. A man with a gun tells Dean he might be telling the truth. A woman in a nurse's uniform says, we're all going to die. The man in the chair says the doctor can vouch for him, but Doc says she can't tell. Dean pulls the trigger as we're pulled out of Sam's vision. It almost feels like, in this moment, my impression was Dean feels like he's a monster now. Because, in a weird way, it's almost like he's a zombie. And he's taking his rage on himself being a monster because he shouldn't be alive out on other things that he classifies as monsters. Yeah, I felt like he was being, like, portrayed as the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're just gonna murder people in cold blood without evidence. That kind of makes you a bad guy. Yeah, a little bit. Just, I mean, um, just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Sam visioned so hard that he fell out of bed. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, he's on the floor of their motel room next to his bed. Dean is just coming in with the breakfast of champions, beer and jerky. And Hell he sees yeah. Sam and says, Sam. Then we get the title cut. <laughs> I wish it were more like a, Sam, what the hell are you doing on the floor? Yeah. Because you know that you are all out of sorts if you are sleeping on the floor. Either you party too hard, you are legitimately <laughs> sick, or you just visioned so hard <laughs> that you fell out of the bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever noticed the heartbeat behind the title cut? Yeah. What's that about? Um, well, hunting, you know, it's a very high-impact job. You know, lots of adrenaline, gets your heart pumping. Okay, you know, okay, that's okay. Sort of thing. It's supposed to represent the cardio of the hunter life. <laughs> They're, it's supposed to represent their great cardiac health because they're always getting that good, good exercise. <laughs> well, anyways, the boys are on the road, and we hear a beautiful GPS voice <laughs> giving directions. VZ Navigator, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't the hell kind of retro GPS OR-224 West like that's not an address that's I love it it's such a flash to the past oh my god anyway so where is the GPS taking them it's taking them to River Grove Oregon now River Grove as one word is a real place with a population of 370 people According to the 2010 census, it's not a lot of people. We should go visit. <gasps> Hannah. Yes. Do you want to do a supernatural road trip sometime? Where we go visit all the real places in the show? Yes. yes. Oh my god. And whenever it's not a real place, we'll just stop somewhere and call it that place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
There's no such place as Salvation Iowa, so we just stopped in Des Moines. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please? Yes. Uh, okay. I just really want to go to Oregon. It <clears throat> looks so nice and damp. <laughs> but anyways, they're not going to River Grove one word. They're going to River Space Grove. And according to the Wikias, that's not a real place. And they're isn't a town near Crater Lake big enough to have its own medical clinic. Again, it's a population of 370 people. Yeah. Um, anyways, as Dean's asking, so where are we going? Like, are you sure it's in Oregon? Uh, Sam has a nice little flashback to the pictures on the wall. He's like, yeah, definitely Oregon. <laughs> Thanks, Supernatural. That was... Really well done. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Dean is grilling Sam for all the deets. Like, how do you know where we're going? Was this a demon? All your visions about demons, so it's gotta be a demon, blah, blah, blah. And I, when Dean was saying all your visions had to do with Marble Eyes, I then had to go back through and was like, wait, have all of his visions been about Marble Eyes? No, because there was one about his house. Well, uh, I mean, that was like aftermath of the demon, but not current demon. You're so right. I was trying to think of all the visions. I was like, we've had five visions so far, but you're right. We've had six visions. Because there was Jess. There was Nightmares. There was the Nursery and Salvation. There was the Twins. and But there was also Home. You're so right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Dean, Dean's memory is as full of holes as mine is. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Sam is saying, like, no, I don't think he was a demon. I don't really know what's going on. All I know is I saw you kill a man. And Dean's like, well, I definitely had a good reason because I'm a good person. I would never kill an innocent person, Sam. And uh-huh. all the viewers are like, um, uh-huh. Dean, do you remember the time you used the cult to kill a demon and also killed the person that he was inhabiting? Do you remember that? Yeah, Dean. Yeah, Dean. Because I'm pretty sure you would kill anybody if it meant saving Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, and Sam has his fingers crossed. <laughs> He's like, uh, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't kill an innocent person? It's kind of hard to tell these days. You've been kind of like, I don't know, hangry? <laughs> and Dean gets like all butthurt that Sam doesn't believe that Dean's a good person through and through. And so they just go, fine, 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 back and forth. Um, Hannah. Yes, Kendall. If you were Sam, and let's be honest, you basically are, mm-hmm. um, and you had a vision of me killing a person in a place in Oregon, would your first thought be, hey, let's go to Oregon? Yeah. Really? <laughs> well, because if I had a vision, I would think that it was for a reason. And then obviously I was supposed to have the vision, and I was supposed to do something about it. And but so I would figure out a way 
and the whys. I, I would do a lot of research before going to Oregon because... But doesn't Sam realize by this point that the only thing him and these kids have in common is they all have supernatural powers and they all were visited by Marble Eyes. So obviously um, there's... He a... doesn't know that they were all visited because not everyone had fires. Well, okay, but... Even if if they didn't have fires, he knows that Marbleize has been in communication because they saw with mm-hmm. Mr. Creepo Rapist guy that he was talking through dreams to them. Yeah. So wouldn't there be a correlation to <clears throat> these powers are given to me by the demon? I mean, we were talking about Harry Potter. This is basically Harry Potter being sent visions by Voldemort. Sorry, spoilers. And <clears throat> him believing that... Oh, these are just my visions that I'm having naturally. There's no way that anybody would manipulate these visions I'm having to oh, try and get I me to act point. in a certain way. And also, if you saw me killing a person, wouldn't you be like, hey, let's stay far away from this place so that you uh don't kill this person? Well, I would be more on your side thinking that you must have had a good reason. I'm a more emotionally and mentally stable person than Dean Winchester. <laughs> True. So if you if you were taking someone's life, you have a good damn reason. I know you do. Hmm. What if my wife had just died? Yeah. 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 Okay. Maybe then I wouldn't have a good reason. Maybe then I just want to watch the world burn. Okay, yeah, because I don't know you in mourning. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> <sighs> and hopefully you never do. Because we all live to the ripe old age of 120. Exactly. Each and every one of us. They used a lot of uh, lingo in this scene that I appreciated. Um, oh, yeah? Ventilated, plugged, wasted. Um, <laughs> and at some point during the show, they'll start using ganked. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for my first gank. Her first gank. I mean... It- I guess when your job is killing things. <laughs> yeah, you want you want to have, you know, different words for things to kind of <laughs> disassociate yourself from what you're doing. Oh, okay, yeah, you had a better <laughs> way of, like, separate. <laughs> a little interesting. You know what? I'm tired of saying killed every day. Oh, I killed this demon. Oh, I killed this vampire. I want to, like, you know. I want to jalopy that motherfucker. <laughs> I want a shish kebab, that vampire. Ooh, kebab him. <laughs> Ooh, now I'm hungry for kebabs. Ooh, I haven't had a kebab in a while. Mm, yum, yum. <clears throat> they arrive in River Grove and look around at all the small town goings on. When Sam spots one of the people from his vision, Dean gives their ZZ Top aliases, and Sam gives a description of the tied-up guy they're looking for. Sarge goes fishing. He's, like, messing with a fishing pole and, like, on my second, third, my forever rewatch, um, <laughs> it kind of surprised me that he was holding a fishing pole. Like, I wanted it to be a rifle because for the rest of the episode, he has a rifle. So to see him with a fishing pole, I was just like, wait a minute, you fish? It's just suggestive <laughs> of a rifle. They want you to see yeah. where this episode is going. They're trying to telegraph where this episode is going. Um, Is this what Marshall's dressed like? Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I'm really disappointed in their 
early costumes. They're just... It's, it's amazing that anybody believes they are people of any official capacity. <sighs> and also, real quick, Baby got a little dirty on the drive here. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she needs a bath. Dean uses his knowledge of the Marines to sway Sarge to their side, and he gives up the name and address. Ugh, again. Just because somebody in jeans and plaid flashes a piece of metal, you're just going to give away... They didn't even flash away... an ID? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. You're they just going to give away people's private information? <sighs> He's like... Duh. He says... He has, I know him. He keeps his nose clean. And keeps his nose clean is such a weird saying. I didn't look up where it came from or anything. It just struck me as odd. Like, the only thing I can think of is, he doesn't do coke. He's a good kid. <laughs> you know, like, people, that's the only... <laughs> people, if you look at a person and their nose is full of boogers, they're up to some shit. Okay? <laughs> they're a bad seed. <laughs> I mean, look at that dirty nose. Mm-mm. Ugh, no. <laughs> um, and also, I don't feel, after these, these first couple episodes, not these first couple, but these first couple seasons, we get quite a few references of our dad was a Marine. Oh, yeah, they served with our dad. And our friend from our dad from the Marines. And blah, 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 blah. We don't really get a lot of that, the use of that knowledge in later seasons at all, I don't think. No, not that I can think of, but we'll see. I mean, and Dean is able to drop ranks and company names and obviously has some information of how the Marines work, which isn't, like, common everyday knowledge, I don't think. I yeah, don't know. I, was... didn't, I didn't write it down or anything, but it was, like, Echo 22 or something. I'd be interested to know that it was even actually a real company. A company? Yeah. I don't think that's how they name companies in the army. I don't know about Marines. Anyways, I'm bored of this topic already. Let's move on. <laughs> Sam and Dean walk across the street, and Sam notices the word Croatoan carved into a wooden pole. <laughs> Way to just casually bump into that pole, Mr. Padalecki. That was some A-plus acting. Oh, what hit my shoulder? Why are you there? <laughs> Sam recalls the old Roanoke story, while Dean recalls Schoolhouse Rock. We get some backstory on Roanoke, and they theorize on what could be happening here, then decide to call for help, but there's no cell signal, and the line's dead at the payphone, so all contact with the outside world has been cut off. So a few things yes. about this whole scene. I had a lot of thoughts. I was, I I was very a, thoughtful this episode. I had a One, few thoughts. Schoolhouse Rock is totally valid and probably taught us more than any history class. Get off my ass, Sam. I'm just a bill. <laughs> On Liberty Hill. <laughs> I thought it was Capitol Hill. Whatever. It's, I haven't seen it in like It taught me more years. than it taught you, apparently. <laughs> Alright, fine. Um, also, how the fuck does Sam just happen to remember that this took place in the late 1500s? I can barely remember when the Re Revolutionary War was. Smart thing. Uh, he was like, it happened specifically in the year 1525. <laughs> I'm like, what? Sam? How? Um, three. Dean's not wearing John's jacket this episode, I noticed in this scene. Good. Yeah. 
And finally, I feel like Sam is jumping to conclusions here regarding the word Croatoan being carved into a random poll. Yeah, I mean, pretty much anybody could write Croatoan anywhere that they wanted to. I mean, some, yeah. Some Roanoke fanatic, you know, is just, I'm going to write Croatoan everywhere and maybe these towns will disappear. I mean, I mean, kids like to carve random words places, you know. Maybe we just have a little rebel on our hands who's a big history buff. It doesn't have to be supernatural. <laughs> so with that being <clears throat> said, Hannah, I mm-hmm. believe it's time to... Name! Name! That! That! Monster! Monster! Ah! Sorry, boys. But the legend is a whole lot of fooey. But why did the legend of the lost colony of Roanoke and Croatoan start? So, tell me. It was like the first colony sent over to America. Mm-hmm. And this one guy goes with his family and he becomes the governor of this little colony. But one day he has to go back to jolly old England to get some more food because, you know, they weren't very good at farming back then. And when he comes back later, three years, but when he comes Mm -hmm. back three years later, it's all gone. The colony's been abandoned, nary a soul in sight. Some of the houses have been dismantled, and all they could find was the word Croatoan carved into a tree. Sounds really spooky, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Only, they had never planned to stay in Roanoke. They were like, "Mm, this place is okay, but it's kind of shitty. We're not having a good luck growing food, you know? We're not having a great time. Yeah, I think we're going to try and go someplace else. And so this dude, before he left, he said, yo, if you guys decide to go somewhere else, leave me a note carved on the tree to tell me where you went. And if somebody forces you to go, carve a cross along with it so I'll know that you were basically kidnapped or, you know, kicked out or whatever. Now, Croatoan was a nearby island inhabited by the native Algonquins, whom I think were also called the Croatoans. And he knew this, right? And there was no cross with the message, so it was all above board. So he was like, okay, so they went with the Croatoans. But I guess the mystery starts because of two reasons. One, before the coloni- before the governor man dude left, the colonists had been fighting with the Algonquins, because they had assassinated the Algonquin chief. And, you know, that doesn't really engender a lot of friendly feelings between people when you just go ahead and kill their boss. Yeah. Um, And the post that the word Croatoan was carved into was a part of a fortification meant to keep attackers out. So, you know, last this guy had heard, they were fighting the Croatoans. So why would they go to Croatoa? You know? Yeah. Um, And then, two, he wanted to go find the colony. They all wanted to go find the people and, you know, see what was up. But they, you know, had a lot of issues. They ran out of food. And before they could find anybody, it's like, shit, we got to go back to England. And once they got back to England, this one guy, the governor, wasn't able to ever go back and find his family, which is really sad. And I guess Mm -hmm. by the time they were able to get back to America... You know, it had been so long by this point that there was no trace of them. And everyone just kind of shrugged and was like, well, don't know where they went. 
There's oh, wow. somewhere out there, maybe. And yeah, but it's all but been proven that somehow, some way, uh, these colonists made peace with the Croatoans or somehow merged. I mean, they had three years to make peace, so. Yeah. And there were like rumors of uh, natives wearing like European clothing and having like European features. And there was something. Yeah, it's been all but proven that they merged with the Algonquins. Okay, so that's what happened okay. to Roanoke. All right, that's it. It's it's not supernatural. It's not freaky deaky. It's we made peace. We don't know how to survive out here. You guys do. <laughs> Maybe some people fell in love. Maybe there was some boinking happening. And for once in human history, people were like, "Hey, why don't we all just get along and live in peace and love and happiness?" And peace and love, my man. Peace yeah. and love. And that is a story behind our monster Croatoan, which is that it's it's not it's, a monster. It's not a monster. It's <laughs> it's peace, love, and happiness. Yay! And that concludes name name that, that monster monster. Oh! at Dwayne Tanner's house, finding his brother, Jake, at the door. At their door, there's a sign that says, born to fish, forced to work, or something. <laughs> it's Jake says, Jake says that Dwayne is off on a fishing trip and he won't be home for a few days. <laughs> yeah, he's off with his friends, Jose, Jose Cuervo, and Jack. Jim, Jack, and Jose. Jim, Jack, and Jose. Uh, the father yes. then comes to the door and says that the wife isn't home, contradicting Jake's, Jake's previous statement that both parents were home. The whole thing feels very off, and the boys say they'll check in later. Real quick, the actors yeah. looked really familiar. Did you look into these people, these two men, to see if they are people of any import? Um, actually, I looked into the women. <laughs> I didn't look up the guys. All right, let's go to I am Deber. I am Deber. Super. Yeah, find out who Jake is, cause you're right. He does look familiar. The dad looked familiar too. I. I just don't know why. At this point, I should just have the supernatural page of I am Deber bookmarked. In fact, there we go. I'm bookmarking bookmarked. it. It's bookmarked. Yay. For future reference. Because I use it so much. When uh, when Jake says that he's his brother, Sam gives this look of, brother, huh? Likely story. <laughs> I've heard that one a time or two. Even used it myself. <laughs> Alright. Let's see. Let's pull up the son and the dad. Alright. Yeah, the son looks really familiar. Who he be? Um, He was in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Hmm. Dear white people, Arrow? He's an Arrow. I've seen bits of that. He's in Glee? Ah, yes. I saw all of Glee. Warehouse 13? Sounds familiar. Yeah, no. He just looks really familiar. He's he's just got one of them faces, you know? He's got one of those famous faces. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> um, The dad, his name is Laurie Murdoch. Oh, by the way, the son was named Nolan Gerard Funk. (laughs) 
What a name. see. The dad is in The Handmaid's Tale, Supergirl, okay. mm-hmm. Murdoch Mysteries. Okay. A lot of bit roles. Also, Warehouse. He was in Psych. Love Indiana, Psych. Sean, and the Temple of the Kinda Crappy Rusty Old Dagger. <laughs> all right, all right. So we probably also have just seen him around random places. Yeah. Yeah, neither of them are ever in Supernatural again. None of them have, like, major roles in anything we've watched. I guess I can just erase all of this because it has been a pit of despair where we learned nothing. <laughs> Alright, let's go back to the show. They just looked familiar, right. <clears throat> familiar for no fucking reason. God, way to lead us on, guys. Sam and Dean are suspicious, so as they leave, they decide to go around the house. Through a window, they see the mom, Beverly Tanner, tied to a chair, being bled on by Jake. So they bust in and start shooting. They kill Dad, but Jake jumps out the window and gets away. Like, he flung himself full force out of that window. Like, jeez, talk about commitment. Oh, yeah. Um, Um, Dean just murdered somebody. Yes, he did. Um, Beverly Tanner... I didn't mm-hmm. catch the actress's name, but she will return in Season 8, Episode 6, Southern Comfort, as Mary Lou. Beverly Tanner. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Chilton Crane is her name. Chilton Crane. Chilton. A lot of interesting names this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chilton, Lori, Funk, Diego. Yeah. Good names. Good names. Um... Was it just me, Hannah? Hmm. In this episode, were the fight scenes shot kind of slow-mo and kind of grainy? Yeah. Like the dream was? Yeah. I I didn't understand that at all. Like, it made sense in the dream, the vision, to kind of let us know that Dean's not actually murdering somebody at this moment, but maybe he will later. But then all the action scenes were shot that way, and... For no purpose that I could elucidate? Yeah, no, not that I could tell either. Um, mm. <clears throat> maybe just trying to tie it all together, like, all that bad is tied to this bad, I don't know. This is all violence. You see how it's the thread connecting the episode? It's just the unnecessary violence. Is that one of our themes, unnecessary violence? <laughs> I mean, did Dean have to shoot him that many times? No. Come on. Come on. Well, I mean, when someone's running at you and you want to put them down, you want to be sure. I mean, that is true. That is true. And he did have a knife. Anyways, they roll up to the local medical clinic with the mom. And you might be wondering, did they just leave the dad back at the house? Like, Did they just leave a corpse in the home? Nope. They just kept the body in the trunk. You know. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're loading up the mom. We're making sure we have everything to go. And let's let's put the body in the trunk. We're going to take that along. I don't know. I just find it kind of hilarious. But it is good to see them cleaning up their messes. Yeah. You know. Um, I, I, I <laughs> Continuity. It, it, it's just like, if you were a marshal and you had just killed somebody who was trying to attack you in the line of duty... Wouldn't you... Oh, the the phone line's already dead. They already know this. Okay. Yeah. So they couldn't yeah. call for help. So, all right. I guess they are acting 
in a manner that I guess would be befitting of a U.S. Marshal. <laughs> Still fucking weird. Anyways, Sam gets the mom in the back and Dean's explaining why he's carrying a dead body to the doctor named Amanda Lee. And after he says, I'm a U.S. Marshal, I just can't show you right now because my hands are kind of filled with a dead person, she lets him through. And Mrs. Tanner's explaining everything that happened, and the doc's like, I didn't know they used drugs. <laughs> and Mom's like, no, no, they were totally normal. One minute, they were my husband and my son, and the next, they had the devil in them. And then the next moment, they were dead. <laughs> And Sam and Dean are, like, nodding, like, yeah, yeah, this is definitely supernatural. We were definitely right to kill the dad. <laughs> and they step outside, you know, to have their secret hush-hush powwow. Ugh, could it be black dogs? Mm, could it be water wraiths? Ah, could it be vampires? Ah, could it be mass possession? And Sam ah, points out for us that there wasn't any black smoke. <sighs> so we know for a verifiable fact that the smoke is yes. visible. <laughs> um, and that there also wasn't any other demon signs. They didn't smell any sulfur. All the cracks were sealed. I mean... um. Also, if this guy had been a demon... Being shot three times in the chest wouldn't have done anything to Damn him because they thing. didn't have the colds. So, I'm just saying. Uh, Dean chastises Sam for not killing Jake. And Sam's like, come on, it was a kid. I hesitated. And Dean's like, no, monsters are monsters. They're it's. You don't get close to them. You don't get to know them, okay? They're just evil. Just you know what? Shut it, Dean. He doesn't want to go around killing everything that moves without knowing all the details. He's a question first, shoot later kind of guy, after all. <sighs> well said. Well said. <laughs> you would think, though, they've already had enough instances in just a season and nine episodes of humans being the bad guys. Mm-hmm. That if there's such great potential in humans to be evil, then wouldn't there also be potential in monsters to be good? And yes, they've already met the vampires, the vegan vampires. Or no, they weren't. We decided they weren't vegan. They're vegetarian. He already met the vegetarian vampires. So you would think that there would be a little more room, wiggle room in his philosophy towards monsters. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be a continuity error. The doc comes in to yell at them for what's happening, saying she wants the sheriff in a corner. But, of course, the phones are down. Dean asks where the nearest town is, and she said it's about 40 miles down to Sidewinder. Which is a reference to Norman Bates for all of you Psycho and Bates Motel fans out there. Oh, uh, really? Dean's gonna go... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dean's... <laughs> So if you're into the movie Psycho or Bates Motel, then you will recognize the town name Sidewinder. I am not, and I did not. <laughs> Dean's going to go check out the next town, leaving Sam there to keep them safe. From what the doctor wants to know, but Dean doesn't have an answer for her. Yeah. Like, safe from whatever's happening, for one, lady. There's a virus going around. Stay here. Stay safe. 
Everybody's mad at Dean for killing Mr. Tanner, and he's almost adorably like, what? What did I do wrong? Why are you mad at me? I did the right thing. Yeah. Dean drives off and finds an abandoned car on the road. It's bloody and bashed, showing clearly there was an attack on whoever had been in the car, including a baby's carrier. I like know. the baby's the bloody baby seat is probably the most gruesome thing we see in this episode. Oh, I know there's a dead baby somewhere out there. Oh god, that's just uh that that hurt like it physically pains my heart to think about it. And he I finds mean, it's it's worse cuz it's just it, it makes your imagination it yes. triggers your imagination because you don't have all of the scene. You just have what's left. Mm-hmm. And so, of and course, so your that, brain's going to imagine the worst. Right? Ugh. Terrible. And the amount of blood everywhere. It was... Everywhere. Uh, it looked like Manson murders. Um, the knife that he finds at the scene of the crime looks a lot like the demon like knife. Like Ruby's knife. It looks a lot like Ruby's knife. Yes. I'm so excited for Ruby. Yes. Ruby, 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 Ruby! Well, back at the clinic... Dr. Amanda is looking at Mr. Tanner's blood under microscope, under microscope, um, microscope, microscope, and she's like, this is interesting. He was infected with something. And Sam's like, he, this an infection made him act like this. And she's like, I don't know, but whatever it is, it's leaving traces of something that looks like sulfur in his blood. And uh, Sam's like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and she's like, okay, why are you there, making those weird noises? <laughs> uh, there are all kinds of viruses out there. And Dr. Amanda, you don't work for the CDC. So there's no way you'd know. And what kind of doctor checks blood samples herself? Shouldn't the nurse be doing that? Like, why no. is there a microscope in a clinic at all? I, I've been to a lot of clinics. There's no microscopes. Well, I mean, have you been into, like, the back lab rooms? And you have to think this is a very small town. She can't really be sending out for labs and stuff. And maybe, you know, she must be a general practitioner, but maybe her point of passion was infectious diseases, and so she knows how to look for this. And no, this would not be under the nurse's forte. The nurse is more for, like, measuring do a and lot. assembling information. Nurse, no, nurses do a lot. Absolutely. Nurses do more work than doctors do. That's why I'm saying it was weird to see her doing something because nurses are usually the ones doing stuff. But she would be, the nurse would be the one like preparing all of the slides and getting everything ready for the doctor to come in and just look through the scope. And she can just about recognize sulfur under a microscope. Now that is impressive. Like just what kind of doctor are you? Really? I don't, I don't know because Hanger Lee guy back in Phantom Menace was able to also identify sulfur under a microscope, and he definitely didn't have any reason to have a microscope, Hannah. So I don't no, know why you're true. questioning the veracity of this scene when we already had Mr. Airplane Hanger Man with his yeah. microscope identifying sulfur. <laughs> um, and this scene for me was where I was finally coming to understand the point of this episode. That this is the episode that establishes the storyline for Sam in the future where he's able to drink demon blood. Mm-hmm. Because 
it kind of doesn't make sense that just because a demon comes into my body that it would change the makeup of my blood and deliver some sort of powerful properties to you if you drink it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But so so this episode establishes that demons can infect human blood even temporarily, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it can give even if there's no demon present, it can give the humans demonic like powers. Um and yeah. So I think it's just establishing the fact that human blood can be infected by demons and demon powers and that it can be transferred to other humans. Via blood. Mm-hmm. Via blood. So Sam in the future will be able to drink the blood of people inhabited by demons and take on whatever powers they're in. So I think that is the only point of this whole episode. <laughs> you, could just, <laughs> you could stop watching now and gain all the information you needed to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the road, again, Dean pulls up to a roadblock. And there's a small group of townspeople with weapons who are blocking apparently the only way out of town. So, weird. Uh, also, I found Jake! <laughs> there he is! There he is! There's Waldo. Uh, and this man pops up out of nowhere next to Dean's door. And he's like, hey, roads block. Quarantine. Haven't you heard people are being getting sick? It's kind of weird. And Dean's like, I know you are lying about all of this and everything. Even your shirt is a lie. And the guy's like, hey, why don't you get out of the car? And we'll, you know, just chat a little bit get to know each other and dean's like you're not my type it's all right and then he floors out of there and just narrowly escapes which i feel like he's turned dudes down in a similar manner before i mean he's very comfortable flirting with everybody everybody even the bad guys i can imagine though uh a young pretty boy Dean hanging out in bars with his dad and then dad gets too drunk and like whatever and then he still wants to hang out because he's a cool adult and then these guys come and hit on him. Yeah. Pretty yeah. boy like you. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Uh, <clears throat> all those guys, Hannah, were such terrible, terrible shots that baby didn't even get a scratch on her. Which I find this to be the most unbelievable point in the episode. Because Sarge well, at one point even says, everybody out here is really comfortable with guns. We're hunters and fishers out here. And they couldn't even land a shot on a boat of a car that is the Impala? Come on, Hannah. Well, see, see, Baby is supernatural in and of herself. She is. Mm-hmm. So, bunch I of mean, dudes with guns? Nothing. I mean, okay, okay, I guess since she has been rebuilt by Dean, initially she wasn't a supernatural car. She was just the regular Impala until she got smushed by the 18 See, every time Dean fixes her, he puts a little bit of his soul in the interior. And he also <laughs> probably carves a lot of sigils and stuff. You know, this yes. is the anti-gun sigil, <laughs> the anti-bullet sigil. <laughs> this is the anti-dent sigil. <laughs> This is the anti-dirt sigil. We we rarely see Baby get actually dirty in later seasons, I feel like. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's why I was like, ooh, there's dirt in our pubs. Why is baby dirty? How did Dean allow this? He just hadn't put the permanent waxed and clean sigil on the car yet. (sighs) In the clinic, Mrs. Tanner is just processing that her husband and son were infected when the doc suggests that she might have it as well. She almost consents to a blood test when suddenly she attacks the doctor. Sam intervenes but gets slammed against a glass case. Mrs. Tanner then grabs a scalpel and lunges at him before he's... But he's quick with the fire extinguisher and knocks her out. Like, he knocks her little book out. And again, the the action scenes, they're shot grainy and slow-mo. And Kendall is very confused and wants to talk to the director. Who directed this episode? Which one? Who is the director? Who is the director? I think Robert this was a Singer. Robert Singer. I want to talk to Mister Bobby Singer. Yeah. <laughs> Where is Bobby? I need. I need to talk to him. Dean's on his way back when Sarge stops him in the middle of the road with his rifle up and pointed at Dean. Dean gets out of the car with his hands up, but quickly draws his gun as well. They yell for a minute about who's what until they figure they both must be fine. Sarge confesses to shooting his neighbor, Mr. Rogers, and Dean loves the reference. Or at least I do. (laughs) Sarge says it's everybody. Says it's everybody. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Beautiful day for a neighbor. Sarge says it's everybody and wants to get out, but Dean says they should go to the clinic where there's still people left because the bridge is out. Sarge reluctantly agrees, and they drive to the clinic with guns pointed at each other. <laughs> a whole lot of guns in this episode. Jeez. He had a neighbor named Mr. Rogers. Also, again, what kind of island town is this that there is just one road out? Yeah, it's crazy. It's... Tiny, tiny town. There's only 370 people there. <laughs> Well, Dr. Amanda is at the microscope again, while the nurse, Miss Pamela Clayton, uh, she's freaking out. Also, she's played by Sonia Bennett, who will come back as a sheriff deputy in season 11 in the episode Don't Call Me Shirley. (laughs) So the doctor is like, calm your tits, bitch. And she's like, no, I need to go find my boyfriend. Your boyfriend is not okay, and no one really is right now. Yeah. Sam follows her, and he's like, hey, you should really stay here. And besides, I'm probably a lot prettier than your boyfriend, so, I mean, really. (laughs) Where Where are you winning the most? And as he's still talking her down and convincing her that he's the better boy for material, Dean arrives with Sarge, and I love how Sam can just recognize the sound of the Impala's engine. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. He just hears rumble, rumble, rumble. He's like, oh, hey, Dean's here. We should probably wait and see what they have to say. <laughs> well, what they have to say is the the only road out of here is blocked. Sarge is the only person left. Everybody's dead and crazy. Uh, and Sam's like, dude, get this. There's a virus. And they've now called it the demonic virus because guess what? It leaves sulfur in your blood. That's some stinky blood. Sam's smirk when he mentions sulfur, like, now it's their kind of thing. Like, (laughs) 
get this. There's get this. sulfur in the blood, man. This is our thing. It's, we, we got this. We're officially hired. <laughs> <laughs> we might get paid for this one, dude. Yeah. Well, apparently Sam perused John's journal again and like they haven't have, have the thing memorized already and found something he's never found before about Croatoan that John thought that it was the name of a demon who specialized in plagues and pestilence. But their conversation and theorizing is cut short because Sarge comes in and is like, there's one in here! I'm a girl! They're like, who are you yelling at, Sarge? Just Dean? You're just telling Dean because you two are the only two new people. Like, he's just yelling at Dean. Yeah, he's freaking out. They buddied up so quickly, and I love it. Yeah, I love it, too. Dean makes friends with, like, the the rough-and-tough military type real quick. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Sarge is like, yo, do you know what these idiots are doing? (laughs) They're keeping one of these people here alive. Can you believe it? These idiots. And... Dean's with him. He's like, yo, (laughs) you are kind of an idiot for keeping this person here. Uh, Because apparently the longer you're infected, the stronger you get and the more demonic you get, I guess. Mm. Pam is like, no, don't kill Mrs. Tanner. And Sam's like, maybe we could find a cure. And she's like, yo, Hannah already said, I'm not the CDC. All right. (laughs) I've got basic skills. This is a hobby for me. I'm Wait, more Sam, of a general really practitioner. at this early stage and with very little virus experience, like it's, cures take time. You don't just discover something new and like I have exactly what we need for that. Mm-hmm. Come on, boys. She's like, give me a few million dollars, a couple years, and a sweet, sweet laboratory, and maybe I'll get back to you. Yeah. So, Dean and Sarge win the argument about how they just have to go ahead and kind of like a dog, you know, Pam says, you know, you can't treat her like an animal, but yeah, kind of like a dog that has rabies and is going to infect people, they have to go put her down before more people get hurt and sick. Yeah. Um, so they go into where she is and... You know, she's still... Demons can manipulate, so she tries to manipulate Sarge into convincing her that she's not the one infected. They are. And Dean's like... He could kill kill Mr. Rogers, but not Beverly Tanner. Well, probably because Mr. Rogers was coming at him with, like, a bowie knife, probably. Aggro. Yeah. Mr. Rogers was aggro. Yeah, and she's sitting there going, Please don't hurt me. It's not me. It's it's them. And, And Dean's like... I trust my brother more than you, and I would know if he's infected because we have a sibling bond. And so he shoots her. I was, though, a little surprised that Sam was the one to unlock and open the door. Hmm. Yeah. And it really is just horrible how many people have already died this episode, seen and unseen, and no one's even talking about the baby. <sighs> no. Like, Not gonna mention it. Dean should have arrived and be like, yo... I found an empty car where somebody had killed a couple and their baby shit is real. Like he he could have he should have convinced Sam, like, yo, we gotta kill this bitch now because she's gonna go around killing babies. If they can kill babies, they can kill anybody. 
Yeah, really. I'm... Yeah. It's nighttime now, and Sarge is looking out the window at the infected out there that are also watching the clinic. While Sam is just looking at a knife. This is a good knife. It's my favorite knife. You see this knife? It's great. Nice knife. I feel like nobody is questioning why these two U.S. Marshals are just driving around with a complete arsenal in their trunk. <laughs> like, yeah. That's normal. That's normal. And there's no, no normal. There's no property of U.S. Marshal. Like, th- this has not been assigned to them. This is clearly all homemade shit. And they're just like, yeah. That's what Marshall. Well, I feel like when you with. have when you have um, such big things that are incomprehensible happening, um, then something a little more comprehensible is now okay because something bigger is happening. Like, not going to question it because there's killers outside. <laughs> Everybody's turning into killer zombies around me, so I will accept. But see, I would be suspicious, like, isn't it weird how people start turning to zombies and you guys just happen to show up with your arsenal? Like, it'd just be questioning that. They they really could have turned on Sam and Dean so easily, like, well, this didn't start happening until you guys showed up. And I feel They like easily future, could have done that. And I feel like in future episodes, they do address that dynamic a yeah. little more. Yeah. Nurse Pam breaks a test tube of blood and freaks out for a minute about whether or not any got on her. And I'm pretty sure it did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it didn't. Anyway. Anyway. Um, she wants to leave, but Dean says they can't because the infected are everywhere. The doc shushes Pam in an attempt to comfort her. Sam says Pam is right. They can't stay here. They have to warn people. Sarge says they can't just leave because the people around here really know their guns, so they're going to need explosive. Sam looks around the clinic and says he can make a bomb. I've got an app for that. Sam knows how to make bombs. (laughs) Smart Sam. Smart Sam. But just then, there's a banging on the clinic door. Do-do-do-do-do-do. And it's... Who could it be? Who do you think it is? But the person they've been looking for this whole time. And Sarge brings him in and Dean's like, oh, that's the person I ventilate, wink, wink. And (laughs) Sam's like, why are you so blasé about this? Uh, So they take Dwayne to the doctor. Why are you like this? Why are you like this? (laughs) So they take Dwayne to the doctor and like, all right, let's give him a full physical, you know, check his heartbeat, look at his tongue, check out his ears, look at his blood. And Sarge is like, yo, where you been? He's like, I was out fishing and I was, I was coming back and everybody was crazy. So I went and lived in the woods and he said for like the last few days, but I'm pretty sure this has only been like a day since the boys arrived and everything started. So I, I'm just saying his story's fishy from the start. Yeah, too suspicious. How did you get there with all the croaks crawling around out there? Mm-hmm. Like, how did you get past them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the doctor notices a wound on his leg, and they're like, oh, shit, we gotta tie you up now. If we weren't suspicious before, we definitely are now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I definitely just got this tripping in the woods while I was running away, and not while I was getting past all the croats. Oh, my God. Um... So they tie him up, and he's like, guys, what's going on? Leave me alone. And Dean pulls his gun on him. He's like, did any of them bleed on you? 
And what? Dwayne no. denies it, and I find that very weird because if someone just pointed a gun at me and was like, did they bleed on you? I would be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Bleed on, bleed on me? What does blood have to do with any of this, and who are they? Are you talking about everybody that's going crazy? No, I'm pretty sure. But he just says, no, they didn't. I swear. <laughs> like, he knows exactly like what's going Like, he already on. knows. Yeah. Yeah. That's suspicious marker number tres. So Sam is like, Doctor, is there any way to know for sure? And she's like, I mean, it took about three hours last time, so I won't really know. And so they're like, okay, I guess we just have to wait. And Dwayne's tied up, and Sam and Dean have to go have like their third or fourth or tenth private chat because heaven forbid they let people know that anything supernatural is going on here in the midst of this very weird and bizarre crisis. Yeah. I gotta say, it does seem pretty clear to me too, but I just keep them tied up to see if he turns. Yeah. I would just keep them tied up until then. Like, you got guns, you got bums. It was another three hours. (laughs) I mean, I guess the only problem here is that they were just gearing up to escape, and it's really hard to escape with a person tied up Mm -hmm. and three hours could make a lot of difference in terms of how quickly you escape and get out and let people know about this infection that's happening sam says things are shaping up to go just like they did in his vision so whatever he does dean better not shoot this guy until they know for sure he's infected Dean says they have enough to go on and shouldn't wait for him to turn. They argue. Dean shoves him back, walks out the room, and locks Sam in behind him. Then, just... Then, just like in Sam's vision, Dean cocks his gun, opens the next door, walks in on Dwayne tied to a chair and begging for his life. Sarge says maybe he's telling the truth. Pam says we're all gonna die. Doc says she's not sure if he's infected. Dean goes to shoot, just like in the vision. But this time he doesn't. And I think it's because of Sam. You have to think, though, that no one in that room is telling him not to shoot him. Right. I mean, no one's saying, hey, let's calm down. Let's just wait a minute. Let's wait for, you know, if there is a virus for it to incubate. Nobody's telling him no at all. Except except Sam, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I would be so fucking pissed if someone just locked me in the room to shut me up because they didn't like my opinion like oh if i were sam it would have have broken that door down oh and if you had locked me in that room it would have been a hot fucking minute before i forgave you or let you forget that shit oh Mm -hmm. man oh we would be having words breathe breathe (sighs) and sam's just in there calmly making molotovs and i'm like how are you so calm i would be i would be throwing molotovs like the second you open the door i would just be like throwing shit at you like don't you ever fucking do that again (laughs) okay i'm gonna take a deep breath yeah you got this calm down you're good oh that makes me mad Cut to Sam and Dean making bombs. The doc comes in and says Dwayne's blood is clean and that she'd like to untie him. The boys agree. 
Sam asks why Dean didn't shoot Dwayne, but Dean changes the subject by telling Sam to get more alcohol for the bombs. Classic Dean Winchester diversion. I know, but it's... I give props to Sam in this moment for being a chill motherfucker, because he's asking why instead of doing what I would do. He'd be like, I told you so. I told you fucking so, and you still locked me in a room. (laughs) (laughs) You would. Uh, You would. He was so chill. I told um, you. I told you. So why did you, like, not shoot him? I'm really curious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You would. You would. (sighs) Sam goes to get the alcohol, finding Pam and asking if she's okay. She shuts the door behind him and proceeds to attack. She knocks him down, grabs a scalpel. She's able to cut his chest and her hand, making contact, before Dean's able to bust in and fill her full of lead. Sarge says, Sam's infected. Like, the way this scene starts, Uh it's like we're meant to think that she's flirting, but really she's just fucking sick. So... So, one, I really didn't remember this episode. I thought I remembered this episode, but I think I got it mixed up with the one where Dean is in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, which, God, this show is so weird. <laughs> and I was genuinely shocked. I was like, oh, yeah. no, she has a scalpel. And then my next thought was, well, Sam was going to die this season one way or another. It might as well be now. <laughs> right? Um... But when did she get infected? This is a really big question that they don't address in the episode at all. Yeah, that's why I was saying. Um, I think when she broke the vial of blood, I think that has to be when she got infected. Unless. Unless. She was infected before she even came to work and she just held it down. But that doesn't seem as likely as her getting infected when she broke the blood vial. But has it been three hours since she broke the blood vial? And in that moment, the doctor came over and was, like, looking and said, you're clean. Maybe it was up her sleeve. I don't know. I mean, unless you purposely... I'm just saying that's the only time that makes sense because it was was nighttime. It's nighttime now. It was night, and now it's day. (laughs) So I'm saying it could have been three hours. It could have been. All right, if she wasn't already infected and she was able to act normal... Which is entirely possible because, you know, Miss Tanner was able to act normal and Jack and Mr. Tanner acted normal at the door. So acting normal is possible. But if that's not the case, then I propose the theory that she is just like so in love with her boyfriend and couldn't stand the thought of being away from him. And she was like, I will join you in infection, baby. I'm coming. And like purposely infected herself. That is also possible. People are weird, man. People are super weird. And speaking of being super weird and duplicitous, Dean won't accept the fact that Sam is infected and he's not super trigger happy anymore. Hmm. And Mm -hmm. the whole room is arguing with Dean about this, and then Sam is speaking up, saying, just give me a gun, go away, I'll do it myself, and Dean's like, no, you're my brother, and nobody is surprised that these marshals are brothers. Nope. They're just, just rolling with it, you know, it's yep. all... Also, is this our first pie hole reference? Yeah. 
I think so. First pie hole. First pie hole. Anyway, so Dean's like, I've got a solution. You take my keys. Everybody, take the bombs. You get to safety. I'm staying here with my brother. Join me in death. And Sam and Sarge are like, Dean, you're healthy. In this apocalypse scenario that is now upon us all, the strong need to survive, so why don't you go? And Dean's like, no, I'm tired. So they all leave, and the doctor stops the door to thank them for all their help. And she's like, thank you, Marshall. And Dean's like, we're not Marshalls. Because, you know, this this is the perfect time. Not Marshalls. Thanks. She gives him a look like, so you just made this ten times weirder, but okay, I'm going to go. Like, Like, there was no need for that. There was no need. No need. Absolutely no need. Just, just being weird. Just being weird. And with everybody out, they can finally have their chick flick moment. There ain't no me if there ain't no you. And Dean jokes about, you know, how they're going to pass the time. Wish we had some beers, foosball. And Sam is still trying to get him to leave. He's like, just give me my gun. Which made me wonder, which gun is Sam's gun? We know the silver gun is Dean's. Like, um, it's a, it's a Beretta, I think. Alright, I want to keep an eye out for which gun does Sam exclusively use, because I find that very interesting. Like, Dean has this flashy, beautiful silver one, because Dean likes pretty things. Don't let him fool yeah. you. I just, I've never really noticed the gun that Sam uses all the time. Anyways, Sam is super emotional, slams his wrist on the table, which, man, that had to hurt. God. And... He's like, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. And Dean's all like, there was that waitress in Tampa. And I want to, I want I to hate know. that. I, I want to know, like, what was with the waitress in Tampa that was such a bad choice? Maybe she, like, maybe he gave her one of his cell phone I've... numbers and then she called him incessantly and, like, stalked them on their road trip for a little while. Maybe. Or. My thought went to STD, but. Yeah, that occurred to me too. Because he 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 does throughout the show like make these like offhanded comments about STDs, and you're like, Dean, you I okay? Mean, it had you been to a doctor happened. lately? You know what? Dean is not unfamiliar with a clinic. <laughs> he knows his true. way around one. Anyways, let's get back to the serious. This is where Dean says he's tired and he can't do this if Sam is dead. <sighs> he won't go on without Sam. Only two up, only two seasons, and he's already ready to throw in the towel. He's like, this is a lot. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. And Sam's little sniffer, Sam's very clean nose, is able to suss that there's more that's not being said. And we might have heard what it was, except at that moment, the doctor comes back, and she's like, yo, come check this out. Sam was crying. Sam, he, in this episode, and in most of the early season, when he's sad, he has this really weird, raspy voice. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that through the, all the seasons, right? 
Right. He, he gets better at his sad voice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Early Sam raspy sad voice <laughs> bothers me. <laughs> Early Sam raspy sad voice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that that very common catchphrase that we all use. <laughs> so they go outside to see what they can see. And what they see is that the town is empty. And so I guess we can leave. <laughs> yeah, case closed. <laughs> and the camera focuses on the word Crotoid. Before panning out to the empty street. <clears throat> so, I mean, alright, they've just gone to go join the Algonquins. It, case closed. Yeah. Just went to the Algonquins, that's just, all. Just like the Algonquins. Nothing supernatural here. <sighs> the doc tests Sam's blood again and says he's clean. She tests the others again and find that they're all clean. So, Which... nobody had to die. It... <laughs> <laughs> Right? 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 Uh, Dwayne and Sarge decide to leave together. Hold on. No, sorry, hold on. This just occurred to me. So, if the doctor is saying all the test samples are clean now, then that's going to make everybody present think that this was like a 24-hour virus and it goes away, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But then... Wouldn't they be finding a bunch of people coming out of the woods with, like, headaches going, whoa, what happened? No, everybody's still gone. gone. (sighs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) Go on. Go on. Yeah. Okay. Dwayne and Sarge decide to leave together. Dr. Mana says she'll go to Sidewinder to tell the authorities what happened, if, if they'll believe her. Um, Dean asks her about Sam, and she says he'll be fine. Which, (laughs) Doc, you have no way of knowing he'll be fine, Yeah, uh, but also you're wrong. (laughs) But also, (laughs) infectious diseases is your pastime, a hobby. You have no idea. (sighs) Dean wonders about what happens next, and Sam wonders why he was immune. Then they drive away. And And Dean's like, doesn't this feel like the one that got away? And I'm like, you've had... Quite a few that got away, but <laughs> all right. Yeah. I was like, dude, we've got a whole season worth of episodes where you did not solve a case. Yeah. Uh, I swear you're not going to lose sleep over this one. And, <laughs> and and again, there's no reason for Sam in this moment to think that he's immune. It's... Uh, all right. It's, all right. Just go all on. Right. Just go on. We see Dwayne and Sarge driving along when Dwayne tells Sarge to pull over. Then he says he needs to make a call. Sarge says there's no phone, and Dwayne suddenly pulls a knife and slashes Sarge's throat. Wow. Reminiscent of Meg's call in Scarecrow. Sarge dies, and the demon possessing Dwayne tells his higher-up that the job is complete and Sam is immune as expected. He flashes his black eyes for the viewer's benefit before we pan over to a picturesque view of the boys next to a fence next to a river. Um, real quick, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it's Meg because it didn't say father and it didn't call Sam and Dean by their names. Um, no, this is the demon Croatoan, apparently. Eh, but it did make me think of Meg because the call was the same. Well, and yeah, obviously. Meg. Although he has a very different stirring method from Meg. And also, it's kind of funny looking at my notes for this episode because this is the first time I used 
voice to text. So I basically just talked aloud through the whole episode. (laughs) And for the most part, I just only spoke when I had, you know, thoughts that I wanted to bring up in the episode, right? But then sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was just my reaction. And in this moment when he, you know, they're driving away and he's about to make the phone call and I know it's coming, all I, I... out loud, I was like, wow, I really did not remember this episode. <laughs> so, like, good note, good note, Kindle. Yes, you did not remember this episode. Good note. His stirring um, method was very different from Meg. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out. I, it's, he likes to get his hands dirty. Meg is a little more fastidious. I appreciate that about Meg. He yeah. says that he cleaned up all the evidence and he, like, pointedly looks at Sarge as though. You know, I cleaned up one of the... That's something he still needs to do. But the doctor is still there. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, they they don't want the Winchesters dead yet, because the Winchesters are very important in, you know, plans. But the doctor is still alive. <sighs> Demons lie. Demons lie. I'm, I'm just so confused by this episode. I feel like they dropped this plot line entirely. And... Yeah. Yeah. But let's go boys are having... let's go back to the fence next to the river. Yeah. I definitely don't yeah. take enough roadside stops to drink a beer when I'm traveling on the road, and I'm starting to think that I definitely should. <laughs> we should do this. Yes. Um, they're having a couple of beers, and Sam is bringing up the chick flip moment that got interrupted. Dean tries to brush it off, but Sam won't let him. Dean wants to take a break from hunting. He wants to go to the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon and sleep with Lindsay Lohan. He just wants a vacation. That's all he wants. God, can season That's fifteen, the last wants. episode of season fifteen, he wants finally a real be a vacation episode. He wants a real road trip with him's brother. I've been all over this damn country and I've never and seen. And I the ain't Grand seen Canyon. a thing. Sam wants to know why. Dean says he can't, though. That he promised John he wouldn't say. John told him a secret about Sam, and Sam asks what he said, and we get a, we get dramatic music. And then the episode's over. I really thought that this was it. I really, I really thought that we were about to get it after eight episodes, but, uh... It felt too early. So I wasn't super surprised when the episode closed out, but, yeah, for a moment there, you were like, is this it? Is this the episode? It seems a little early, but yeah. okay. All right. And I just love how Sam is almost like an adopted child who's like, I just want to know about my real parents. (laughs) I have questions about who I am and about my history. And you have the answers and you're not telling me. (laughs) And I'm ready to discuss the errors of this episode. But first, we need to talk, yes, themes. Let's get to some motherfucking themes. I had a theme of bad guy Dean. Or at Mm. least, like, portrayed as the bad guy, the dark side Dean. Ooh, dark side Dean. I love that. Yeah. My Dean theme adjacent to that was Dean feeling like a monster. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, both boys will take turns feeling like a monster. Um, yes. But unlike Sam, 
Dean actually will turn into a monster at some point. Kind I mean, of. Sam kind of turns into a monster when he's all hopped up on demon blood. You're right. And you know what? Demon Dean was actually pretty moral. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a theme of Big Brother Dean. Like, when he yelled at Sarge, you know, you make a move on him, you'll be dead before you hit the floor or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Super protective. You don't Super hurt my protective. baby brother. It's my job to protect him. My other Dean theme was Observant Dean. He's got an eye for them details, don't you know? He is like, oh, I spot that tattoo on your arm. I know what that means. I'm going to use that information. I had a theme of Suicidal Dean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that's so much suicidal. He doesn't want to go on without Sam, and he was ready to die right then and there because Sam was dying. Yeah. That's more of like a, I mean, it it is a a form of suicide, and maybe his intentions weren't entirely pure, but that's also a matter of, like, he didn't want to leave his brother alone in his final moments. Sort of self-sacrificing, I had that as a theme, too. Yeah, it was more self-sacrificing, I think, than, like, I don't think he would have chosen this outcome for either of them. No. Yeah. Um, Beer. Yeah, I had alcohol. Yep. Not and they're Rebecca. actually drinking it this time. What? Yep. What was the theme you had? Uh, I had a theme of Smart Sam with uh, the bombs and mm-hmm. knowing about Roanoke. He can remember them dates. He paid attention in history class. He went to college. <laughs> um, The next theme I had was We're Surrounded. Ooh, that's a good one. They didn't really play up the surrounded aspect so much in this episode as they will in future episodes. I'm thinking particularly the Victor Hendrickson and the jail cell. Yeah, that's the one I thought of too. Yeah. Um, isn't there also the in the Reaper episode? They're surrounded by demons. I don't know. They get surrounded by demons a lot. Oh, and when the demons all escape hell and they're caught mm-hmm. in that house with the other hunters. And they have to lay yes. all those demon traps. Yeah, so being surrounded is a theme. Almost yeah, as I much had, as a theme um, as a trap. <laughs> I had a theme of demons. At least one. Oh, yeah. At least one. Man, those <laughs> demon sodes are coming fast and loose. Yup. Yep. Uh, this is a vision episode. Yeah, Psychic so Sam. Officially our sixth vision episode of the series. And Kendall totally didn't forget the home episode. No, she didn't. (laughs) Did you have any other themes? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, hit me. I had a theme of moral dilemma, like whether or not we should kill this thing. Yeah. Um, We're about to have a very important episode regarding that in a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I had a theme of doctor. (laughs) We haven't really counted this as a theme, but... There's a doctor. Um, right. I had a theme of working with the locals. Mm-hmm. Yes. Getting Instead the... of just protecting them, you're working with them, and I like that. I do like that a lot. Um, <clears throat> my last two themes were very simple. We had the journal in this episode, at least in reference. <laughs> at least in reference. I almost put it, but I was like, well, we didn't see it. Yeah, but they did reference it, so it was there. They're still using it. And Piehole. Anything to do with pie. Nice. <laughs> um, my last one was lingo. 
because I like the lingo that they use. All right. Ventilated, all right. plugged, wasted, ganked. Ah, so much secret code. Well, Hannah, now that we have just touched on some of the themes, I think it's really important we get to the love-hate of this episode. So can we please I just agree. go go now? Hannah. All right, Kendall. Oh, am I going first this time? Why not? All right. Tell me what you hated. I hate that this episode is unsolved, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't come up again. I think they kind of bring it up a little bit in the episode mm-hmm. where Dean goes to the alternate future, but even then, not really. And there's all those people out there who I guess are still infected by sulfurous blood, and what are they doing out there? Nobody knows. It never gets brought up ever again. I mean, all those people disappeared, and the boys don't keep tabs on this, even though they know that Marbleize has to be connected to this in some way. They clearly said in the beginning that Marbleize is affected to all connected to all of Sam's visions. So why aren't they looking for what's going on there? And how, if he's immune to the sulfurous blood, then why isn't he immune to drinking demon blood later on in the series? And why is the doctor alive? Wow, that was how you really feel. <sighs> I thought I liked this episode, but it's clear I don't like this episode. It's clear I was just projecting my enjoyment of the episode where Dean goes to the future. I was all looking forward to talking about Dean's running skills, and he doesn't run once in this episode. Um, I didn't hate, but rather took issue with our Dr. Amanda. Why the microscope? You don't specialize in viruses, so you wouldn't know. And telling Dean that Sam will be okay? Like, no, you're wrong. I just, I just took issue with her. I mean, I liked her, like her personality, but it wasn't cons- it. She wasn't her backstory. Enough for the doctor club. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel ya. I feel ya. She seemed to know things, but not really know things. Okay. And I'm like, if you don't know, just say you don't know. But you're looking under this microscope, like you know what you're doing, and you're like, I think that's sulfur, but I don't know. But also, if if you're a country doctor and you're the most educated person on site, I mean, I think she was pretty good about couching the whole, like, guys, this isn't my area. Like, I'm trying with what I have, but this is not what I'm trained in, so. And I mean, like, is there a cure? Like, even if she did specialize in viruses, you can't just pop out a cure as soon as you have something new. Like, it doesn't work that way. If it did, my diabetes would be cured by now. Like, amen, ah. sister. Preach it. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was my hate. They're well, not very you... good about their viruses. <laughs> their virus lore isn't established yet, Hannah. Give them a couple more it's seasons. <laughs> well, what did you love about this episode? I loved Dean and how he grew in this episode. He didn't shoot Dwayne, even though every instinct told him to. He listened to Sam. Then in the end, where he wants to go on a road trip, and he's ready to give up the secret he's been holding on to for eight episodes now. I just... He he went through so many facets this episode, and I enjoyed that very much. So, a couple episodes ago, we were on episode... 
murder Peter. Mm-hmm. And it had been about a year after Jessica. Mm-hmm. They've been through a lot in a year. Oh, like, yeah. even if only these 29, no, how many episodes were in season one? 22? 22. So, we're at 31 episodes. So, but let's say, hold on, math. Jeez, it's so hard. Where's, where's Murder Peter? Yeah, 31. Okay, but Murder Peter was, jeez, just two episodes ago. All right. So, let's say at 29 episodes, it has been almost a year since Jessica. Even if all of those 29 episodes had happened in a year and that was all that had happened, that's a lot to have gone through. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine that these last two episodes have happened in more than a month since the usual suspects, right? Right. So Dean's been holding on to the secret for, I don't know, nine episodes in three months. That's three cases a month. He's been holding on to the secret for about three months now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not an insignificant amount of time to be holding on to a secret Such of this magnitude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good love. Thank you. What did he you love? love his anger. I loved the scenery of this episode. Yeah. The town, when you got to see it, it felt very rich and lived in. I don't know. I was noticing like little details. It it was kind of like the town in Scarecrow. Like There was a lot of connection to Scarecrow in this episode, I felt. But mm-hmm. Scarecrow almost felt <clears throat> a little... Oh, how did Dean refer to like Stepford? Like, almost a little yes. cookie-cutter, clean, small town. This felt a little more wet and lived in and real and rich. I don't yeah. know. I really, I just appreciate it. I wanted to go visit this town, you know, in a in a happier time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel Preferably like Preferably when they still have a population. Yeah, it would be very nice to go fishing there, I felt. Huh. <laughs> <sighs> Well, now that that's done, I'm excited to have a more palpable episode, and I'm hoping next episode is just a little less anger-inducing. So, Hannah, will you please tell me what is coming up next time on Sisters Talk Brothers? Surrounded by darkness. Open your eyes. Next time on Sisters Talk Brothers, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 10, Hunted. Dean finally tells Sam the last words of John Winchester before dying and opens his heart about his dilemma and feelings. Sam leaves Dean during the night and travels alone seeking answers with Ellen and Ash at the Harvell's bar. When he finds that another psychic was stabbed in a parking lot in Illinois, he decides to investigate his death. Meanwhile, in Peoria, the young woman, Ava Wilson, has a premonition with the death of Sam and meets him in the motel of her dream when Sam is lodged, where Sam is lodged. Meanwhile, Ellen tells Dean where his brother is while Sam is hunted by Gordon. This synopsis was brought to us by Claudio Carvalho in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Thank you, Claudio. Thank you, IMDb. Thank you, Claudio. Holy shit. If this is yeah. just the synopsis, there's a lot going on in this episode. I didn't remember that Gordon was a part of this. Oh, I did. I, ooh, I'm so excited for this episode. Um, I picked this synopsis. There was two synopsises, and I picked this one because 
um, the other one was very spoilery. It, oh. like, gave it away. But I like synopsises that leave you wanting more. Yeah, I, I completely did not remember that Gordon was had any role in this episode, so that's really exciting. Um, oh, yeah. Honestly, the episode. only thing I really remember about this episode, like, for real remember, is the guy getting stabbed in the parking lot, because that's the episode, that's the scene where we hear uh, the White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane? Jefferson mm-hmm. Starship? Starship Airplane? Yeah. Anyways, the White Rabbit I song, and it's one of those like musical musical moments of Supernatural that is just forever emblazoned in my mind. I think we get a code word in this episode. Like, it's either Gum on My Shoe or Funky Town, but I want to say Funky Town. That's what I remember. Oh man, this is that episode. I wow. think so. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I'm really excited to get to it. Tank. Me too. Is it time to record next episode yet? Because I'm kind of ready. <laughs> almost, go. almost. Let's go. Let's go. All Let's right. Go. Let's go. Well, before Until we can then. go, we must first close out this episode. So, Hannah, if I wanted to write you and tell you just how excited I am for the next Gordon episode, where would I write to you at? You can reach me on Tumblr at Jailbreak Fiend. Or Everything Overlord. That's Mamisha Blanc. Oh, Mamisha. On, on Instagram, also Jailbreak Fiend. And we have a Tumblr for our podcast. It's Sisters Talk Brothers. And Kindle, if anyone wanted to message you and rage about Gordon, how would they do so? Well, their best bet would be to find me on Tumblr at Kindle Abroad. K I N D L E A B R O A D. Second best bet probably be Instagram at Kindle Kindle Kindle. And if you want to reach the both of us to tell us how nobody should ever just lock you in a fucking room because they don't want to talk to you anymore, you would reach us <laughs> at sisters talk brothers at jamale.com. Yay, I feel good about this. <laughs> tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Happy. Uh, so heavy. I'm not. I'm ready to just kiss this episode goodbye and not watch it for another six years until we do this episode again in season two of Sister Stock Brothers, <laughs> the road trip season. <laughs> goodbye, Croatoan. Hello, hunted. <sighs> All right, take us out, Hannah. Let's go. Let's move on. Let's get to Gordon. So tune in next week for more monsters, more brothers cry. And more sisters. Yay. Happy. Happy. Bye. Bye. Your favorite.